0: Hello everybody, welcome to the PA Turnpod episode 58. I'm your host, Joel Roman, my co-host and the leader of this ship, Rob Grable. Is not here today, It's a solo one, one of the rare ones we'll ever have. Um, He's on vacation, a little weekend getaway with his girlfriend, um, at an undisclosed location, but I can just say this, he's at a state where he doesn't need to pump his own gas. I'll leave it at that, I'll just leave it at that. Um, on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the fightings. They just completed uh, game one of a doubleheader today against the Nats, which they won. We'll talk about that and the preview of tonight's game, as well as the overall Rob Thompson era in beating the Diamondback series and the Marlins series, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we're not in the Joe Girardi stage anymore officially. This team can beat the Marlins. I am okay with that. I'm fine because they've been pesky. Uh, Next, we'll wrap up the NBA Finals that happened last night. Game 6 at the Garden. The Warriors win their fourth title in eight years, beating the Celtics 103-90. Steph Curry is your Finals MVP. We'll touch on that. And when I say we, it's really me because no Rob. Uh, Next, we'll talk about the sport that plays on ice, the NHL. The Stanley Cup Finals have already began. Game 1 was already in the books, a thriller uh, in overtime, you couldn't ask for any much anymore, right? Playoff hockey, Stanley Cup, a team that's trying to three-peat, going against the underdog in the Avalanche, who are uh, technically going in, were the favorites, ironically enough, against the defending reigning Stanley Cup champions, back-to-back, the Tampa Bay Lightning looking to three-peat. They lost 4-3 to in overtime. We'll talk to you on that a little bit. We'll keep on the ice as the Flyers' name, John Tortorella, their new head coach. So it's a new era in Philadelphia hockey. Uh, well, I'll briefly touch on that. Then I'll give my best rendition of the four-minute scramble. I'll give a win, maybe two in honor of Rob, and a loss as well for the weekend. But first, you can hear Rob and I talk about our sponsor over at Anchor. There's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 53, no 58. Damn, I already messed up. Uh, My co-host Rob isn't here today. He's on a vacation, an undisclosed location, as I mentioned at the rundown, if you didn't skip it already. Um, Yeah, he's on an undisclosed location, but I can give you this one bit of information that's very vague, but he's at a state where you have to, he doesn't have to pump his own gas, and I'll leave it at that. Um, Welcome to the show. It's going to be a quick one, maybe a good uh, hockey rendition of a first period, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes tops. A uh, quick little rundown through the episode in case you skipped the beginning. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Phillies. Uh, they just already completed game one of a doubleheader today against the Nats on the road. They won 5-3. to three. We'll touch on that. Next will be the NBA Finals. They wrapped up last night as the Warriors won their fourth title in eight years, beating the Celtics in the Garden. We'll touch on that. Then hockey, Stanley Cup Finals, as well as a new era in Philadelphia as the Flyers name a new head coach my best rendition of the four-minute scramble, and a win in L for the weekend. Um, But unfortunately, no Rob here, so no banter. How are you? How are you doing? But I'm doing well. I'm feeling much better than last week. Um, It's a beautiful day out. It's 90 degrees here in uh, New Jersey. Uh, Weekend, I should be outside, but eh, nah. I like to do my own thing. I'm already outside, ladies and gentlemen, for five days out of the week. I don't need to be out there on my days off as well. I only go and do my business, my errands, a, you know, casual 2-hour walk or so. If I had a bike, I would, you know, bike ride. But nah, I'll go out at night when it's cooler out. But I'm already outside five days of the week in Philadelphia as it is. I don't need to do that on my days off. Nah, I'm good. My relaxation is inside cooling off and doing this podcast with you guys. Um but again, no nope, rob, so I'll have to do Purtle alone, and this is probably be where, already two minutes in to the podcast, we might just already lose all of anybody listening to this podcast, including one Rob Van Grable. So uh, let me see if I can just pull it up real quick. I don't think. Wait, maybe I did it last night. I'm not sure. Okay, I didn't do it. All right. So if I'm not going to explain Purtle, just search it up. It's P O E L T uh, L. Google it. It's not the player. Just say Purtle, NBA player guessing game google it it'll be on your chrome or safari or if you have Microsoft edge or firefox you heathens uh do that you choose a silhouette i'll choose not to my first guest will be joel Embiid, as usual i got nothing except for the jersey number it's close to 21 so who's a 20 uh i usually desmond bain is my second guess even though he was already a player all right so that's this is good um Definitely it's in the West, no doubt. Didn't get the division yet or the team, but it is a guard. It's a six foot five, and he's probably 24, 25 years old. So it's not the Southwest Division, so let's just go with Steph Curry, which doesn't make sense because, well, it's not in the Pacific West. Let's go Dame Lillard, which doesn't make sense because it's not close. Oh, what is it? there you go. So it is a Portland Trailblazer. It's a guard. Let me see. Well, clearly, let me see. Who's out there? I don't know any players out in Portland though. That's 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 the this is where I would need Rob. Let look at the silhouette and cheat. Of course. It gives me nobody really. Oh, this is just fantastic. It's basically a bald headed man. Uh let me see. Um Conley? No, no, no. Conley's not there, is he? Wait a minute. Mike Conley? And it is how do you spell Mike Conley? Well, he used to play for Utah, so he's in Portland. Utah Jazz. Sub, not a not bonus. Uh, England, Joe England, whatever his name is. Fuck, Joe in- Ingles. Ooh, close. It's not Joe Ingles. All right. Um, I don't know actually. I'm just gonna get Nerkish because I really don't know. Well, I'm on the right path. And I don't know, just, is Greg Oden still alive? Uh, that's, that was mean. That was mean let's go with the glove. Elijah Hughes. Yeah, I would have never guessed this. So Elijah Hughes is today's Pirtle. That's a horrible rendition. Yeah, I don't know anybody on the triple issues. But there he goes. Pirtle out of the way. Um, Let's see. So let's quickly talk about the Phillies. Um, What is going on here? Sorry. One man band here. So it's all new to me. But uh, the fightings. Let's let's talk about the fightings real quick. Um, where shall we begin? Okay, uh, the Ron Thompson era, of course. Sorry, about two to three weeks ago. Uh, before the Arizona and Marlins and this series against the Nats, the Phillies are twenty eight and twenty nine. I mean, six and zero, nine games back of first place. They were winning seven straight. What can go wrong, right? Well, nothing really went wrong. The kids kept on keeping on. As they hosted the Diamondbacks, and we were in attendance, Rob and I and uh, his girlfriend. We were in attendance. It was a lot of fun, a lot of nice action um, early on. Uh, a lot of home runs. Hoskins, Schwarbaum. Uh, Harper was good hitting uh, balls opposite, uh, opposite field, pulling the ball. Costanos wasn't that great, but it is what it is. Gibson, Kyle Gibson was phenomenal. Sensational, if, if anything. Until the very end where he gave up three earned runs, which gave uh, life back to the Diamondbacks which was 6 nothing at that point, three runs, 6-3. It's like, uh-oh. Oh, man, scratch your neck. Here come here come the Diamondbacks, and here come the Phillies bullpen to F it up. But no, they uh, they held on. I mean, Brad Hand came in and gave up two more runs it made it 6-5. And then, let me see my notes. Yeah, Brad Hand came in, gave up two more runs, but then Dominguez came in and stopped the bleeding immediately. And side note, Dominguez... Is probably the future closer of this team, if not the setup man. He has been phenomenal this season and he is filthy with his pitches. And then once that happened, I mean, it's a 6 5 ball game at this point. I mean, Reese Hoskins started, kicked off the show with a solo home run in the first. That, was, that got the crowd going. Then Schwarber hit a bomb, a three run blast. And then a couple runs batted in by, I believe, Harper, maybe, or a duple Herrera. One of these guys, one of them hit a couple of runs, made it six nothing. Then the six three, as I mentioned, um, then the bleeding six five. Then Hoskins in the bottom in the bottom half of the seventh, as we were all like, "Oh no, it's six five! Here they come!" Boom, solo home run. Oh, then Dominguez and the rest of the crew and Canibal, Canibal, whatever Kniebel, uh closed the door, shut the down. The uh, Diamondbacks and. They won the game 6-5, or no, 7-5, excuse me, your final. Um, some highlights in the, in the in attendance-wise, um, we got the Bryce Harper bobblehead, which was awesome. Unfortunately, for one one uh, attendee, he was, I guess, racing a little bit too much, rushing through the uh, corridors of Citizens Bank Park. And while Rob and I were in line, or looking for a shorter line than we found, all your hair was... Like a complete like bang and no it wasn't a gunshot even though later on in the game there was like appear the sound of gunshots but then we saw fireworks so hey that's uh kind of the ups and downs of philadelphia kind of you hear that you like is it fireworks or gunshots kind of take a minute and then you like assess it and then ah wait no it's fireworks um but anyway uh a guy dropped his bobblehead bryce harper bobblehead in case and just completely smashed into three pieces it was like, oh, buddy, your son, nephew, or whoever, or if you were planning on selling it on eBay, that shit's gone. I'm talking about it, it's gone. That was one part of it. Um, long lines were just ridiculous to the point where I ordered a crab Fries, got in line for ice cream. By the time I was next to pay for ice cream, I was already done my crab Fries. But unfortunately, the vanilla ice cream. The vanilla ice cream portion of the stand malfunctioned, and I couldn't get any vanilla ice cream. So I waited in that line for vanilla ice cream in my red Phillies uh, helmet cup, to no avail. When I get there, no ice cream, but got chocolate as a substitute. wasn't the greatest. I preferred vanilla, but hey, I got my my, uh, my obligatory red Phillies uh, ice cream bucket helmet thingy, machi um afterwards um and also i learned a little bit that uh rob and his girlfriend like to keep scores traditionally of the ball game and they have their methods and i think early on rob had a like a clean uh score sheet because basically he had the diamondbacks i think and the phillies were just hitting balls left and right so his girlfriend had to like make almost like a second column which she did for a double herrera and then he got an out so it was like a waste of time so that was pretty Uh, entertaining nonetheless and uh two big things uh no pun intended but uh, apparently rob i don't know how much he knew about uh john carlos's uh rear end prior to the game but i'm sure he knows a little bit more after uh that game versus the diamondbacks because a group of uh females you know did musical chairs towards the end of the game and sat next to us and while i went While I was on the other side of Rob and his girlfriend was in the middle, Rob was basically overhearing these girls talk about that they went to a Yankees game recently or the day before, and they just were marveled at the rear end of one John Carlos stand of the New York Yankees. So as a Yankee fan himself, Rob, I think he might have appreciated it, but I think a little bit more of a TMI than he needed to know of John Carlos's stand. But to the point where we had to Google it and we're like, eh, I mean, I I can see what they mean. But uh, to nonetheless, Rob, if you're listening, next time uh, you know episode, maybe you can uh, share from your point of view. Uh, and last thing, uh, I am 500. I am uh, attending at 500. First time I went, Phyllis absolutely collapsed against the Mets. I came back better than ever, and they won. So we're at 500. Plus, I went with Joe Girardi as the manager, 0-1. Oh I went with Rob Thompson in 1-0. Oh. So the Rob Thompson era is forever. To the moon. Okay, so that was all game one <laughs> versus the Diamondbacks. Uh, game two, more of the same. 4 nothing. actually. They shut down. That was pretty good. I forget who was the pitcher. I think it was Wheeler. I want to see Zach Wheeler. I want to say Zach Wheeler. Uh, game three was a bad, bad, bad game. One of the worst games. I, not one of the worst because the bench was pretty awful. But the offense just absolutely shut down. And I think Ranger Suarez was uh, the pitcher for the Phillies and gave up. I don't think he gave up all 13 runs, but yeah. Him and the bullpen didn't do so hot. They gave up 13 runs to the Diamondbacks. We could only muster up one run, so our losing streak stopped at nine, I believe, nine to ten. At this point. Then the Marlins came into town. Phillies, though, beat the Marlins three to two in game one. So we're like, all right, here comes the fighting. How can they respond in game two? Well, they were up nine to eight heading into the ninth. We needed a closing. But here come the Marlins, scoring three runs in the ninth to take the lead, eleven to nine, and they shut the door on us. So they stole game two. So now the series is tied at one and one. And then game three, for me, I was telling Rob during text, like this is this is the series. We've joked, I think prior or maybe throughout the entire uh, MLB season, that those Marlins, baby, those are pesky Marlins. They can be like the worst team in baseball, but when they fight, when they play against the Phillies always like a slugfest and we usually get on the wrong side of uh history. Well, game three, the Phillies win <laughs> three one. And I told Rob immediately, here come the fighting. I think I sent the the GIF video of the guys like the fightings, baby. The fightings. Let me see if I can pull that up. Now that I have uh this different setup, solo setup here. Without uh some zoom stuff. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, um if you don't if you know you know I think we played it once. Let's see. Here we go. You're I am still, baby. You're screaming like it's still the game going on. We're talking about the fightings here. The fightings. said. Said. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that guy is, shout out to him. He should be ringing the bell every time. He's great. So I sent him that gif. Um, Phillies basically took away the 2-1 series against the Marlins. Then they go on the road against the Nationals today. Uh, Like I said, they won game one, five to three. Uh, Ranger Suarez was at the mound. And this was a great game from uh, Cassiano's, personally. Let me see. Let me look at this. Uh, Cassiano was two for four, right? Brought in two RBIs, but he drew a walk. And in the first inning, he doubled to right center, scored Harper. From first, scored to home, and Schwarber was at third, I believe, or not, second, whichever. So Schwarber and Harper scored. It's already 2-0. In the third inning, Herrera comes in, grounds out to second. Harper scores from third. Castellanos goes to third from second. And then in the third inning also, Bohm doubles to right, and then Castellanos scores, so it's 4-0 Phillies. Uh, Thomas from the Nationals comes up in the, the bottom half of the third. Uh, doubles to center. Robles scores. so it's 4-1. No no action until the sixth inning, where Bones scored and Schwarber to second. Stubbs to third on a pickoff error by catcher Adams. So, the Phillies catch a break there, get an extra insurance run. But in the bottom half, Josh Bell, I believe that's his name. Josh Bell homers off someone, I think Ranger Suarez at this point, to make it 5-3. And that was it, baby. That was all she wrote in the sixth inning, basically... The bullpen shut down everything. Brogdon came in, shut it down. Then Dominguez, like I said, is your future closer. Two strikeouts, gets out of the dam, out of a jam, and then Brad Hand gets the save. So, I mean, no Canable, so, hey. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, game one for the fightings. Game two is tonight. Let me see who is pitching. Let's see who's pitching real quick. But uh, this team is pretty good. I mean, Rod Thompson got them, got the boys going. Let me see. Uh huh. What is going on here? I hear a lot of music. But anyway, the Phillies are on the road, thirty-three and uh, 31, 15 and fourteen, I believe, on the road this season. So, let me see. Uh, here we go. Tonight will be for the Nationals, Paulo Espino versus. Bailey Falter, a lefty. Lefty on righty uh, crime right here. Looks like we're going to have the same uh, crew. Schwarber DHing, Hoskins at first. Castellanos at right. Real Muto at uh, behind the plate. Herrera at dead center. Bowman third. Scott at shortstop. And Veerling at left field. And Munoz at second base. So not bad, not bad, not bad. Uh, still, Segura's out. Camargo's out. The whole shebang. And the Philly and Jesus. The over under is ten and a half. Money line minus one forty for the Phillies. I might take that as well. I might go under ten and a half though. I'll definitely go minus one and a half on the run line and money line for the Phillies. But uh Yeah. The Fightins, baby, the Fightins. Um Currently they're thirty four and thirty one. Uh let me see the record completely in the standings now that it's updated. Let me see. And here we go. So the Phillies in the National League East are eight games behind the Mets, and the Braves are five games behind the Mets, second right now. Uh, let's look at the wild cards, uh scenario in the National League. Dodgers are in first at 39 and 23. Braves at 37, 28, just a half game. And Giants 35 and 27. Milwaukee is 35 and 30, 1.5 behind. The Phillies are behind them at 2.5, 34 and 31 record, and the Diamondbacks are 30 and 35 at 6.5, including with the Marlins. Six and a half as well, but they are a twenty-eight and thirty-three record. So the Phillies the Phillies control their own destiny at this point. Their main focus is basically unless there's a massive collapse with the Marlins. I mean excuse me, not the Marlins. The the Mets, the New York Mets, who have a history of collapsing. If there's any collapse in in the future series versus the Braves and the Mets. If the Phillies can win those games, we could be talking about a possible f- fight against a fight, one more fight again for the division versus Atlanta versus uh, Phillies like last season, or Phillies can be in a prime spot to take one of the wild card positions. So, should be interesting going down the stretch. We're not even we're close to halfway point of the season, so. Right now, the Phillies are looking good. They're winning games above 500. let Let's see how they do a double he- day-night doubleheader after yesterday's uh, day game versus not yesterday's day game. Was it? I don't remember, actually. Not sure. I don't remember. I don't know, they had off it yesterday, I believe. Nonetheless, we'll see how this works out. I mean, if all goes well, we could be talking about the Phillies in a prime position in the wild card versus the Braves probably in the first round, if that's, if that's even possible, this is more Rob's expertise. This is where Rob shines the most, but, uh, yeah, the fighting, uh, later today at seven right now, it's, uh, four, four 30. So, uh, there you go. So segment two of, we're going to be talking about the NBA finals. We'll wrap, we'll put a bow on the NBA season. We'll, pu- we'll touch more. We'll put an official bow next week with Rob and we'll go over our, early preseason picks and see how we fared but uh i believe we both had the warriors if not i think i did no i'm not sure um but anyway the nba finals like i mentioned at the top of the show warriors win their fourth title in eight years. sending the boston crowd often and early throughout the game especially after the first uh quarter they were warriors were early down i think 16 to 2 Kirk calls the timeout. They rally the troops. It was a back-and-forth game, and I think they were up two, I want to say, at the end of uh, the first quarter. And In the second half, I don't know what happened, but Boston just forgot to play. Nothing could hit. Nothing could hit, ladies and gentlemen. It was pretty sad. At home, you need to win this to force a game seven, and this team couldn't hit a shot worth worth anything Jason Tatum had an abysmal game he ended, the, he ended up the game with 13 points 3 rebounds and 7 assists I mean at least he dished out the ball because he wasn't doing anything on offense and that was all credit to Andrew Wiggins who I think personally should have won the MVP but you gotta give it to you know Lice Kim Poppy Steph Curry there he did his thing Chef Curry 34 points uh, 4 for 4 from the line He had seven rebounds, seven assists as well. I think he had five threes, dagger threes too. They just kind of just take out the Boston crowd early. Um, Let me see if I can find the box score here. Okay, yeah. It was 27-22 at the end of the first quarter for Golden State. Golden State then continued with 27 points. Boston can only muster up 17, but they ended that quarter by the end of the half at a 21 nothing run for the Warriors. That's how crazy It was 17 to six run for Boston and then boom, 21 unanswered for Golden State to go up uh 54, 54 to 39 if my math is correct. And then Boston did better in the third quarter, especially late portion of the third quarter. But the Warriors were still in it the whole way. And then basically it was too much Warriors in the fourth quarter. And a little too late for the Boston Celtics in the fourth. Horford lit up from downtown, three corner. The Danny Green special, Danny Green special. But instead of breaking the ball like Danny, he actually made the shot. So, I mean, I don't know what Marcus Smart, maybe Marcus Smart was gassed. But there would be times throughout that second half where he would be on Seth Curry. And he would literally leave it to go cover Draymond and then force Horford to switch up on Curry with no help. And Curry's like salivating at the mouth like, wait, you putting Horford on me with no help? And he, either he would cross him over to hit like a long two to three, or he would just cross him over and just get to the hoop at will. Blow right by Horford. And Marcus and the gang never came to help Horford. Horford was on an island. He did his best for a big man, but... You need to give uh, Horford some help at that point, but uh, Horford did his thing on on offense. But uh, he ended the game as well with 19 points, 14 rebounds, two assists. He was uh, pretty good from downtown. He was four for five, especially all those in the late half, the late second half of the game to bring back the Boston crowd. But Tatum was just abysmal. Five turnovers, three personal fouls. Marcus Smart was. In foul trouble often and early. He ended up with five personals. He was just poop poop. He had the triple single at nine points, uh, six rebounds, nine assists. He was trash. The only player that did well for Boston was Jalen Brown who came to play. 34 points. He had five turnovers in his own right, but he had 34 points, three assists, seven rebounds, five of six from the line, five of 11 from downtown, 12 of 23 from the field. He played virtually every minute of this game. And he was one of the last he was one of the last starters on the court Wall. The starters basically were pulled out in the fourth quarter. Like Jalen Brown is that man. And I talked about it in the Sixer series with Rob. You need a bench. You need a bench in the playoffs. Well, you need a bench in this in the regular season to give you a I believe the bench gave you close to 17 to 20 points to 23 points per game to substantiate like something there, right? That's me. Rob has a different take. The Boston Celtics bench could only muster up 5 points. And they played a combined 32 minutes, 16 uh minutes each exactly. Uh Williams and Derek White, I believe can only muster up five points. They were abysmal, but they didn 't even shoot the ball really, and then the rest of the bench played for a minute in garbage time. go figure so five points for the Boston bench versus the warriors bench that had twenty one points, fifteen of them from uh Jordan Poole, who was lighting them up early in the first half with the three points three of eight. Uh, the the mitten, Gary Payton second or Junior, had six points. And he was in foul trouble early, too. He had five, too. And that was all because of Marcus Smart, honestly. Looney was also in foul trouble early, too. Four fouls, but he ended up with 22 minutes. Uh, no points, but seven boards. Player of the game, honestly, was Jerry Green and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins' defense on Tatum to frustrate him and shut him down basically throughout the game. That was one. Uh, t- obviously, Steph Curry, you know, the big show, 34 points, 6 of 11 from downtown, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, yes, 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 But Draymond Green was a difference right there with 12 points. Yes, double-digit points. He destroyed my ticket. I had him under 10. He comes up and hits 12 points. He was 2 of 5 from downtown. That really killed me. Uh, he had 12 boards, though, 8 assists. He had a near triple double, two steals, 2 blocks. He was working with 5 fouls as well. I mean, 5 turnovers, but 1 foul. One foul for Draymond Green. Very disciplined game from Draymond, and this team was clicking. A quiet game, though, however, for Clay Thompson, just twelve points, five boards, two assists, two of eight from downtown. He wasn't really shooting the ball like that. He was very quiet game. He was basically had a t- Tatum esque game, yet the Warriors were just rolled right past uh, the Boston Celtics. So, kudos to Boston. They showed a hell of a fight. They were dead in the water like back in November of 2021. Dead in the water. Talking about, oh, maybe we should trade Jalen to Jalen Brown to the Sixers or split the split Brown and Tatum and smart up. They can't win. Yada yada yada. They stayed the course. Stayed the course. Rallied off it. Basically, virtually losing what maybe 10 games since that span. And found themselves in a top seed in the East. While I think it was, they played their starters near the end of the game, near the end of the season. I think the Bucks cooled off, and that's what happened with the seeding. Boston went through murderer's road to get to the final, so there was no easy road for them. Um, first time head coach, uh, Brad Stevens, as well as in the uh, presidency or the CEO chair, did pretty good. Kudos to Boston, they had a great season. But the Warriors were just too much. Klay Thompson's return mid-season helped him get some depth and take the load off of Steph Curry as well because he was taking a lot of shots. And also Draymond Green, he can go back to what he does best, play defense and facilitate and just be that anchor. But uh, shout-out to both teams, especially the Warriors, for uh, getting their fourth title in eight years. So awesome. Good for the Warriors. Uh, moving on, uh, the NHL, the sport that plays on ice. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals are here, but I'll, I'll just take you quickly back to the Eastern Finals. Game 6, Lightning close out the Rangers 2-1. to one. The Lightning, bro. They've dropped the first two against the Rangers. Rangers were feeling themselves a little bit. They had Game 3 in their grasps. 2-1, to one, I believe. And then the Lightning, at the last second, ripped their hearts out in the Garden, or in New York, beating them 3-2. to two. And... Rob and a coworker of mine said the same thing, echoed the same thing. Rangers won't win another game. They're done. It's over. That that was their best chance to beat the Lightning right there to go up 3-0. And sure enough, Game 4, Lightning roll right past them, 4-1. Lightning, again, stunned the Rangers at the end, scoring two goals in the final minute, 3-1. And then Game 6, Lightning close out the Rangers 2-1. So Stanley Cup Finals, we have the Rangers... I mean, that's the Rangers. I wish. In my mind, my heart of hearts, I had the Rangers. But the Lightning, the two-time defending reigning Stanley Cup champs going against the Colorado Avalanche. Sick logo, by the way. And if you had the over at six, six and a half, kudos. That's where I was. I won some money off of that. They ended the game with seven goals. They went to overtime at three and three. Avalanche take it in OT, four to three. I'm not going to sit here and BS you. I couldn't name a single player on either team. I don't even know who scored it, but it was an exciting game. From the highlights that I saw, I missed it. Unfortunately, I missed it. Couldn't ask for any more. Playoff hockey, defending champs against an underdog who's kind of the favorite going in anyway in the Avalanche. And you got OT in game one. What? Uh, But kudos to the Avalanche. They're rolling, but... I think the Lightning will bounce back in Game 2, which is going to be Saturday night. And overall, (sighs) I think I'm going to go with the Avalanche. My heart and my mind say the Avalanche, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning do it again in three-peat, which would be unprecedented, I believe, in this day and age in hockey. A team that goes basically 3-0, goes through the row of teams. It's hard to do in hockey to just repeat, just get back in the playoffs, let alone get back to the Stanley Cup, and then win it all in back-to-back-to-back, possibly, fashion. So, Stanley Cup Finals. Hockey's exciting, man. I poo-pooed it early on in the, in the podcast, in the history of this podcast, and overall. But when playoff time comes around, it's exciting as hell. Way more exciting than uh, NBA. Um, so, Avalanche. I have Avalanche in six. That's how I'm gonna go with it. Avalanche in six, but they'll lose game two, so it'll be one-one. So the series have already started. Um, We're well, seeing on hockey, uh, real quick. The Philadelphia Flyers have hired John Tortorella, longtime tenured, journeyman head coach, to kind of like put this team. On its uh, on right side up because they've been on their ass for a long time. Uh, no Claude Giroux, so we'll see what John Tortorella does this off season. What kind of personnel moves they do? What other personnel moves they do? What kind of roster changes they they make? Do they go young? Do they go to the draft? Do they trade for big time names? Now you got a big time head coach in John Tortorella. We'll see. Um, I think I believe I called this back in. Back near the NHL trade line when we were talking about Claude Giroux, and I think Rob and I discussed, like, what did we do with this team now? that Claude Giroux is basically virtually gone. Scratch from top to bottom, who do you go after? Do you go after a young coach, an assistant? Do you stay in-house? Or do you go for a big name like John Totorella? as I think, I believe, I mentioned? And sure enough, they go with John Totorella. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, we'll touch more of this in detail in length uh, next week with Rob. But, uh, again, this is just a quick one right now. Um, So we'll do the four-minute scramble. If you don't know what it is, it's the news and notes around the sports league and sports world. And I'm going to try to do it in four minutes. It's going to be challenging now that I'm by myself. So let me start the clock, if I can find it. I believe I can't find the clock. Look at this. This is crazy. All right, here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Wait here we go, 4 minute scramble Um, the World Cup has been announced for the 2026 uh, matches it will be in North America so 16 cities have been chosen 3 are in Mexico 2 in uh, Canada and 11 in the US including Meth Life Stadium in New Jersey so that's going to be fun, I will try to be in attendance for that one Uh, SoFi in Los Angeles, Jerry's World in Dallas, Levi Stadium in San Fran Miami gets one. Atlanta gets one at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Seattle gets one at the Seahawks facility. Houston gets one at NRG. Kansas City at Arrowhead. Gillette Stadium gets one, and of course, the last team, Lincoln Financial Field, will also host a World Cup match. Matches. So I'm excited for that. Um, Rob and I talked about this, I think, off the air last week. So it's fun to see Lincoln Financial Field. And also, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, represented in the uh, World Cup matches. So it should be fun. They're going to hate East Rutherford. It's in a bad location. It's not New York. It's in North Jersey. Traffic is abysmal. And if the World Cups go into the night, which I don't think they will. They're usually daytime afternoon. But if it somehow ends up late at night, you better get a ride home. Because those uh, public transportation ends quick. So... It sucks up there, but it's a nice stadium. It's a big old stadium, but uh, I'm excited for soccer to take center stage in the U.S. The world's game, the beautiful game, and it's a sport that I like to watch a lot. Uh, I know Rob's not really a fan of 0, zero or 0-0, nil nil, but uh, it's a fun sport, and it's the World Cup. It's always a good time. You can go there as a casual fan and have a good time, honestly. It's about the atmosphere, honestly. Uh, next, uh, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes having a little beef, possibly? On a podcast or some show, Tyreek Hill virtually said uh, his new quarterback, uh, Tua Tylevoga, whatever his name is, has a better accuracy than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes hears about it, brushes it off, surprised by the critical comments said in that interview podcast. um, I think there is some kind of beef because it was shocking to, to find out Tyreek Hill is leaving, gets traded or whatever to Miami. It's like, stay where you are to have your best chance at going to the Super Bowl and Getting your numbers up, getting a big contract, and all this stuff, but goes to Florida. Again, state taxes, beautiful weather, you know, and such. But that's the same division as the Patriots. The Jets are the Jets, but those divisions are always like, you know, pretty hard to uh, to win in division games. And then you got the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, so should be interesting to see. And plus, Tyreek Hill has a history with Josh Allen, but both offensive players, so it's really not going to see the defense. Really, it's where it's at. Um, I think there is a beat, though, between uh, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. All right, we have a minute left, and we have one, two, three more to go. Uh, and this was a Rob special here, but uh, NFL analyst shakeup, as I call it. Uh, Jason Garrett replaces Drew Brees on NBC. Wow, Drew Brees is one and done, I believe, in the NBC world. That's crazy enough. And then Richard Sherman joins uh, the Amazon crew as a sports analyst for the football season, but he also did not rule out playing for the NFL, so he's not retired officially. Um, another one, Vincent Kennedy McMahon of the WWE, under investigation by his own board at WWE for a $3 million settlement that Vince agreed to, that he, whom he allegedly had an affair with. And as of today, Friday, he has stepped down, and his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, is now running the show. So Vince McMahon is in deep, deep water. Um, I thought he prided himself as a man of faith. Um <sighs> It's more like hush money of the bank, as Rob coined it earlier in the text. So crazy stuff here from uh, Vince McMahon. Um, and the last one, look at that. Even without Rob, I couldn't even get the four minutes. But this is a last, a quick one. Uh, Lightyear comes out this week, actually today, this weekend. Um, it's the Buzz Lightyear animated movie, the origin of you know where Buzz Lightyear came from. That's why Andy watched the movie, which is this movie that comes out this week. In hence why he bought the Buzz Lightyear toy in the Toy Story movie, uh, I posed a question for both of us, but since he's not here, uh, I think Toy Story one. I think the original is always the best. Like that's what got you into it, the whole thing, Pizza Planet, all that stuff. But then again, Pizza Planet was was Wait, was Pizza Planet two? Nah. Anyway, I digress. Toy Story one is the better movie, but don't sleep on two. I like that a lot. Um, and we're thirty minutes, thirty eight minutes in. Let me share some W's and L's. Let me see if I can have it here. Alright. Uh, the L. Rob's not here. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe it. Rob's not here. Um, but Rob will be back. Better than ever we will be back at full strength next week. Um, that was a joking, jokingly L. Um, the one L is. Basically it's the same segment. It's on first take ESPN. I was kind of lazy today. But uh, Mad Dog had a list of best sports fans or best rabbit sports fan of all time in cities. He had a top five. He had Philadelphia at number five, ladies and gentlemen. Philadelphia at five? Alright, let's see who he got. He had Chicago at four. He like they don't even cheer they don't even boo. Yeah, he has them at five. The rabbit. I don't know about that. Uh, number three, New York in general, he just had New York. He had Detroit at two, which kinda like surprised me a little bit. And the number one really shocked me, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio, is number one best sports fan. But best rabbit sports fans. And then Stephen A., of course, ripped him a new one. I, I don't know. Maybe Rob can probably agree with Mad Dog. He has an infinity love for Mad Dog. I don't agree with this. I'll have Chicago at five. Cleveland at four. Detroit at three, two Philadelphia, one New York. Then again, I would substitute Cleveland now for Boston. Hello, Boston. But Boston is more like, eh, they only root for their team, which is – I think Mad Dog's point was like sports fans, like you're a sports fan, like of all sports, not just your team. So maybe that's what it is. But, uh, yeah, I would have New York at one because – you got the dual teams in basically every one. you got the Giants and Jets, even though they play New Jersey. you got the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Um, Hockey, the Islanders, the Rangers. Probably another team I'm not not mentioning. Um, What else? Baseball, Mets, Yankees, of course. Bronx and the Queens. So, I mean, those are rabid sports fans alone right there. Philly, notorious. It's a hard place to play. You can ask Ben Simmons. Um, But when you play grit, like Embiid, like Iverson Claude Giroud to an extent. Um, who else? In football, Dawkins, probably want to say. Dawkins is one of them. Mark Sanchez, eh. Jeff Garcia, eh. T.O., mm, I think so. Um, Carson Wentz, eh. Nick Foles, though, yes, of course. But uh, yeah, that list was kind of bogus for me. Uh, and then my W for the weekend, uh, same segment with Stephen A. Later on, Molly was transitioning to basically like a little Quick two minute plug of hey Stanley Cup Finals game one starts Tonight um yada 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 And then Mad Dog says oh yeah two great Teams yada, yada yada he did an analysis And then Stephen A had to say something And Stephen A goes Uh yeah I don't know Much about hockey The only thing I know about hockey is that The puck is black and I love me some Gary Batman. so yeah I love me some hockey <laughs> That was it Stephen, a., if you have nothing to say, just don't say nothing. Just be like, ah, I'm not just stay in your lane. Which he tried to do, but that was a funny line. The only thing I know about hockey is that the puck is black. <laughs> I love that line. Such a good one. Um And that's it. I mean, a quick one, forty two, forty five minutes, maybe an hour, tops. Nah nah. That beginning wasn't a minute. Eh, forty five minutes, two fifty minutes, so it's a quick one for the PA turnpot, episode fifty eight. I didn't do my sports analogy analogy uh, jersey, but I'm sure Rob might have had one for 58. Um, we'll just end it on the Cassianos plug again, and we'll end it with a weekend thriller. Um, but yeah, happy Father's Day to so all the fathers out there this weekend. Um, if you don't follow us, please follow us on Instagram at PA underscore TurnPod. And uh, have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Get some sun. Get some vitamin D. And enjoy the life that is this free world. But uh, I don't know. I'm just rambling on at this point. Uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. See ya. And this is the PA turnbot. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos.